Man, I am excited to be here. Um, I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about the new year. And um, the sky's the limit. You know that, don't you? I stopped saying that the best is in front of you uh, because I don't know that. (laughs) You know, everybody says the best is yet to come. I don't know. It's going to be 2023. I don't know what that means. But here's what I know. I can experience God's faithfulness like I never have before. In 2023, no matter what comes, no matter what happens, he will be faithful. And I'm excited about that part of it. We are going to look at... um, You know, there's a little bit of a dichotomy about a little bit of an issue being a preacher is that Christmas and Easter happen every year. They happen every year. And it's the same story every year. Like the Christmas story doesn't change. The Easter story doesn't change. Jesus crucified on the third day he rose again. When you preach five years, you're like, man, I get to preach an Easter again. 25 years into it, you're like, Lord, you're going to have to give me some. It's the same story. But you know what the magnificent thing about Scripture is? Is that the longer you read it, the more God reveals to you about it. Isn't that crazy? It's not like Moby Dick. You read it, and then you're like, okay. I'm not a guy that watches a movie twice. I saw it already. I'm not watching it again. It's the same movie. But every time you look into the word of God, I don't care if you're 15 or 80, every time you look into the word of God, he has the potential. He has the capacity to show you something new. And I'm preaching something that's not new theology, but something new that I saw. And I thought, thank you, Lord. Because Christmas is the same story every year. We're going to read from Luke chapter 1. Luke does this amazing thing when he writes the Christmas story, when he writes about the birth of Jesus. He includes the angel coming to Zechariah, who is the father of John the Baptist. It's beautiful the way Luke does it. In my Bible, it's on the same page. The angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah, And then on the same page, the same angel comes to Mary and is announcing essentially the same thing. To Zechariah, he says, congratulations, your prayer is answered. Your wife's going to be pregnant. And Zechariah goes, (laughs) we are old. We'll get into that in a second. On the same page of my Bible, The angel appears to Mary, who's not even married yet. And you get this look into these two different scenarios where the angel is saying, hey, listen, your wife's going to be pregnant. Answer to prayer. And then he goes to Mary and he says, who's not even married yet? To my knowledge, hasn't been praying. Not for a baby. And tells her, you're going to be with child because of the Holy Spirit. And the baby in you is going to be holy and he's going to be the son of God. So we're going to look at that portion of scripture today in Luke chapter one. So why don't you stand up just for a second. 
Berkeley Springs, stand up. If you're watching online, stand up. If you're listening to a podcast later on, stand up. (laughs) We do this honor the word of God. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5, you can find it on the screen or in your Bible or in the app, the Hope Community Church app. Luke chapter 1, we'll start in verse 5. Say amen if you're ready. Berkeley Springs, say amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. By the way, nobody that has ever had an angel stand in front of him and went, oh. They were all scared to death. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am old. Now watch what he does here, man. This is smart. He doesn't call his wife old. He switches the language there a little bit, doesn't he? He says, I'm old and my wife is advanced in years. I love it. And the angel answered him. Now, I want you to imagine a tone change in the angel's voice right now. Imagine the angel being a bit irritated. Because he has to tell Zachariah who he is. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs of them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and for five months she kept herself hidden saying, thus the Lord has done for me in this day when when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And it came to her and said, Greetings, a favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. 
And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of, with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we pray that you change us today. That it wouldn't just be a church service, God, but it would be an encounter with you. That we that we looked into your faithful word and it changed us. Do it today, Lord. Make us different. We thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. You may be seated. I love this. Zechariah is a priest in the temple. And it seems that it was his division's time to do priestly duties in the temple. So Zechariah shows up for work that morning and it said they drew lots to figure out who was going to go in and burn incense. Now, just in case you think there is coincidence with God, there is no coincidence with God. You realize that, right? God was before and he's after and there's, he knows everything in between. He's never had a new thought. He's never, he's never done something where he's like, ooh, just shocked myself. He's never had that. And so what looks like a coincidence in scripture where they're just trying to figure out who's going to go in and do the priestly duties for that day is not a coincidence with God. God knew that Zechariah would be in there at that time, that moment, doing priestly duties. And so Zechariah goes in to burn incense and it says the Gabriel, the angel, gets in front of it. Now, I don't know what your pictures of angels are, but it's probably inaccurate. Because everywhere in the Bible that an angel pops up in front of somebody, they lose their stuff. And they are afraid. When it happened with Joshua, like the angel of the Lord, down on his face. Whoa, 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 whoa. Over and over in scripture, when an angel pops up in front of somebody, they always say, hey, don't be afraid. I know I'm a big dude. I know I got wings. I know I'm glowing in the dark. There's nothing to fear here. Zachariah is an old man who has been doing what he's doing a long time. The angel comes to him, and the first thing he says, Zachariah, the Lord's answering your prayer. The Lord's answered your prayer. I wonder how that would feel to have a pronouncement like that of answered prayer. Not just to one day wake up and realize that it had been answered, but an angel to show up and say, hey, that thing you were praying for, God's answered it. It'd be miraculous. 
So he tells them that God's answered your prayer. But here, here's the issue. I don't think it's a prayer that Zechariah was currently praying. It says that they were advanced past the years of childbearing. They were, they were beyond the physical, biological means of, of having a baby on their own. They were past that. So, come on, can somebody say amen to being past the time where you think a dream can come true? You're past the time where, where the prayer can be answered. So, this was not a current prayer of Zacharias, like walking into the temple, getting his, getting his uh, you know, oh, it's your turn, Zachariah. Go in. He's like, Lord, man, if we could just have a baby... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many years I got left. If we could just have a... I don't think he's praying that anymore. So Zechariah, the angel comes, tells him, Hey, God has answered your prayer. And I imagine Zechariah's like, which one? He says, Elizabeth is going to be with the child. And Zechariah says, prove it to me. How are you going to do that? This irritates the angel enough to make Zachariah mute until she has the baby. Now, there's some marriages in here that are praying for that. But that's a whole other sermon. Lord, if you could just shut him up for nine months. Not us, right? We're good. Zachariah walks out and in a game of charades tries to tell, but, but wait, he's in there too long. So there's a ton of people outside going, did he die in there? Like what happened? Was there sin in his life? Did something happen? Did he just fall down dead before the Lord? We don't know what he's going. He comes out unable to speak and he's trying now through, there was no sign language. You can just spell it out. He's through a game of charades trying to explain to everybody what just happened. You know. It's like, Elizabeth's going to be babysitting kids? Like, what is this? So he finally is able to communicate to them somehow. Maybe he writes it down. An angel came to me and said these things. And then the Bible is so funny. It says, and then he went back to work. It says he went back in the temple and finished his duties till the end of the day. I would be done. I'd be calling up the boss going, hey, man, I'm out. I'm old, and I just got told we were having a baby. There's some things I got to get ready. I'm going to have to cut back my diet and start going to the gym because I ain't ready to have a newborn. And then Luke transitions right into the same angel coming to Mary. There's no mention of her praying for it. There's no mention of her wanting it. There's no mention of anything. The angel just appears to Mary out of the blue, not to an answer of prayer, because God picked her. He appears to Mary, and she has the same response as Zachariah, although with no experience. We're going to get to that in a second. Zachariah has experience in God's presence. There's no indication that Mary as a teenager does. So you can imagine how much more frightened she probably is. 
I imagine Zechariah was frightened for a different reason. If you're a priest in the temple carrying, temp, carrying out temple duties and an angel pops up, it's probably because you didn't do something right. Mary has no experience. She's a teenager. Angel pops up before she's scared to death. He says, calm down. God picked you. God picked you and, and you're going to become pregnant. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you. You're going to become pregnant. And the one in your womb will be called holy. He'll be the son of God. Could you imagine? And so the critical thing to remember here is their response sounds similar, but is 180 degrees opposite. And we'll get into that in a second. Mary goes, tell me how it's going to happen. I'm a virgin. And he says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. He starts explaining it to her. And almost as if she understands, her response is, let it be to me as you've said. There's a... There's two things, two pictures here that I want to dig into this morning. And they're fascinating. The first thing I want to tell you is this. God absolutely answers prayer. God absolutely answers prayer. And I'm going to deal with the generations here this morning because we are fortunate to be a generationally diverse church. We have a whole pile of kids in the back and we have people here that I don't know even, I don't even know how old you are. but I'm joining the ranks of the more experienced as evidenced in my beard. To those of you who've been praying or maybe even have prayed and stopped praying for something, my word to you this morning is that God answers prayer. It's fascinating to me to think that God answered a prayer that Zachariah and Elizabeth had stopped praying. I guarantee you they were not praying for a child. Because the confusion of Zechariah, we're past the age of childbearing. We have given up on this thing. It's over. Don't, why are we doing this? That God answers prayer. But I want, I need to explain to you how God answers prayer because this, this is um, extremely important for us to understand and to be able to conceive the way God answers prayer. How, how many of you use Google Calendar? I know that doesn't seem like a good segue, but. Anybody use a calendar? I use, we use a Google Calendar here at the office, and, uh, and I got a bunch of calendars. I, I share my calendar. Anybody share your calendar with somebody? Yeah, it's really neat, right? I share my calendar with my wife. I share, we share, the staff shares a calendar. I share my personal calendar with some people in the staff so they can know where I'm at and what, what's going on and, 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 and know what my schedule looks like and all that. We share calendars. You know what? I share my calendar with God. I'm like, Lord, there it is. You can click on it. You know the password. You know what's crazy? God has never come back to me and went, hey, Chris, I put a Google Calendar out. Just, you can, this is, a, this is the God plan for your life. Click on it. And here's what it's going to look like. He's never shared a calendar with me. Anybody else? Never shared. Now, he does 
through Scripture tell us what things are going to look like and certain things are going to happen, but he doesn't tell me specifically Tuesday on this date and this year your prayer will be answered. Anybody else? I don't get that information. Here's what I felt like God told me. Do you remember last week when we said that Isaiah prophesied 800 years before the birth of Christ that he'd be born in Bethlehem to a virgin? That's mind-boggling, isn't it? 800 years. And this is what God told me this week. If he prophesied that the Messiah would be born 800 years before, then God had already planned to answer Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayer 800 years before. You see, here's the crazy thing about prayer. Here's the crazy thing about what you've been praying about. God has already answered it. Think about it. God it didn't start at some point in time. He was and he is, and he will be. So he's all the way before, and he will be all the way after. Whatever is, he will be after it. And so there's nothing. God's not going, oh, man, i got to cram this one in here today. No, so all the way back, he, he had planned for Jesus to be born by Mary. And so then I started looking at, oh, my goodness, If he planned on Jesus to be born through Mary, then he planned for John the Baptist to be born through Zechariah and Elizabeth, but they were praying and felt like he hadn't answered it. First service understood it. We'll work on it a little bit now. (laughs) So we pray different because we pray as if he's already answered it and just didn't tell us the date. Now my prayers change because I go, God, you answered this prayer before the foundations of the earth. You knew I was going to pray it. That's how scripture says he knows your need before you even ask of it. He knew intimately everything that you would deal with, every prayer that would come out of your mouth. And he says, I've answered it. We just got to trust his calendar. We got to trust the calendar. It's not whether God answers. I mean, Garth Brooks made a million, made millions of dollars on him not answering prayer. And it's not true. He answers them. We just have to wait for the fulfillment of the answer. Come on. So all of a sudden, the church has to, we don't have to convince ourselves that he's answered them. We have to be patient for the answer. You're starting to warm up a little bit. Berkeley Springs is jumping up and down right now. The issue is this. That's why, that's why the Bible could say he is not slow in keeping his promise as some would think. But he's patient that none would perish. His calendar and his priorities are different than ours. We pray and we want it, Lord, right now. And God says, I may wait until past your time that you think's proper. I may wait till it looks difficult. I may wait. I may wait until it seems like it can't be answered. I may, I may wait. I, but he's already got it planned out. He already has it planned out. He's already set it in motion. The answer is already coming. The answer is already there. He's already answered it. So now I'm praying, Lord, Lord, I know that you've answered it. 
Give me patience till I see it. Give me patience till I see it. That's a totally different prayer. Zachariah and Elizabeth, Lord, could you just give us a kid? You see, back then they didn't measure blessing by cars or houses. Measured them by kids. To somebody that was barren. It was a it was a difficult thing. Even more difficult than it is today. It was difficult. So they get past those years and they give up on the prayer and they just it is what it is. Zachariah's going to work, she's doing her thing. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, God says, I heard it way back the first time you prayed it. I heard it way back. Matter of fact, I answered it before you ever asked for it. And here's the answer. It's a beautiful thing the way God answers prayer. It's a confidence that we can have as believers. Amen? Look at your neighbor and said, he's already answered me. He's already answered me. It's going to show up. It'll show up when you least expect it. It'll show up when you stop praying. It'll show up when you gave up on it because God never gave up on it. Keep trusting him. Keep trusting him. Now now we need to get into this little thing about age. Do you mind? We need to get into this little thing about age because um, the way Luke puts this together, it is a comparison about how we respond to God. The older we get. <laughs> now, uh, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be um, equally offensive this morning. With the young and the old. You see, Zechariah had experience, wisdom. He had lived life. He had, he had been in service of God. He'd been in the presence of God. He knew what it was supposed to look like. He knew how it was supposed to work. He knew it all. He knew what the deal was. He was experienced. I've walked through it. I've been there. I've done it. I've got the knowledge and I've got the experience. And we call that combination what? Wisdom. And that's an important thing, isn't it? So we get on the wisdom train, and now we know how God works. Now we know what to expect. Now we know how to anticipate his move. Now we know how to do it. And yet, when the angel Lord shows up to Zechariah, the first thing he says is, prove it. Show me how that's going to happen. And isn't it true? That the more experience we get, the more we ask God to prove it. You don't have to amen it for it to be 100% true. The more experience we get, the more we go, God, if you're going to have to prove that one to me, I don't know. I don't know. I asked three of my Christian friends. They said that was crazy. I read a self-help book that a Christian wrote, and they said I shouldn't do something like that. I talked to my friends at work that don't even pray, and they said it was dumb. I talked to my husband, and I've never listened to him before, but now I'm going to. (laughs) And we do this over and over and over. Why? Because we've been there. And the problem with experience is God has to work, break through it in order to get to us. 
So now all of a sudden, Zechariah is an old man who's been in the presence of God, serving in the temple. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord comes to him with this unbelievable, miraculous news. He's answered your prayer, Zechariah. He's answered it. And he goes, no, no chance. Prove it. And I mean, you can read the anger in the angel's voice. I am Gabriel. God sent me to you. And you got the nerve to stand there and act like I can't do it. Act like he hasn't done it. So because of your experience, shut your mouth. Because over the next nine months, I don't need you going out and talking about this and ruining it. Because we process things a certain way when we're experienced, don't we? We start having these conversations with our friends. I don't know how God's going to do it. We're broke. I don't know how he's going to do it. You know, we're older. I don't know how he's going to do it. Well, I don't know how he's going to do this. I don't know how he's going to, I don't know. And then we say things, God's been faithful, but I don't know how he's going to do it. Has God been good to you? Yeah, God is good all the time and all the times God is good. I don't know how he's going to do this. This is a big one. Sometimes I think God wants to go, I answered your prayer before you got dumb. Yeah. Here's something else that I hope to encourage some with a little more experience. Maybe it's time to dig up a 20-year-old prayer. Maybe it's time to dig up a 10-year-old prayer. Something you gave up on 10 years ago because you thought, I don't know how he's going to do it. We're past that now. I don't know how he's going to do it. That time has left. I don't know how he's going to, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how he's going to do it. Come on, some of you prayed for family things 15 years ago that you went, it is what it is now. And I need you to know that the God of all creation didn't stop answering that prayer. And he didn't intend for you to stop asking. Because what happens when we ask is it triggers that little thing in our brain to go, he can. When I ask, he can. When I ask, he said he will. When I ask, it reminds me that he's the one that supplies it. He's the one that can transform it. He's the one that can do it. When I ask, it's me giving evidence to him that I have not given up on him, that I am okay with his schedule. Lord, I'm going to ask one more time because I believe you can. I'm going to ask one more time for my kids, for my family, for my husband, for my wife. I'm going to ask one more time for my boss. I'm going to ask one more time for my boss, Lord. You got some experience in the room digging old prayer up. Because the crazy part is God might have already answered it. He's just trying to remind you, hey, keep looking at the calendar, it's coming. Listen, if we can't believe that God has answered it and we're just waiting on the answer, how can we ever believe in the return of Christ? It's the same thing. That he said, 
I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I am coming again to gather you unto myself. And if we believe that and yet don't believe he's answered prayer already and we're waiting for the fulfillment, the two are, it's incongruous thought. You can't say, I'm waiting on the return of God, but he's not going to answer this prayer. The truth is he has. And we're waiting on the fulfillment, just like he has resurrected, and we're waiting on him to return. Amen? Young people, listen to me. Mary was not praying to be a virgin mother. Who does that? Mary wasn't sitting around in a room going, Lord, I would just like to have the Son of God is my first child. She wasn't praying. God totally interrupted her life. As a teenager, the angel walks into her room and says, God picked you. God picked you. And this is what's going to happen. And although the responses sound the same, from the angel's response To the person, we know they were different. Mary had no experience. Mary had no experience. She wasn't a priest in the presence of God. She didn't know how it worked, what it did. She was a teenager. She didn't didn't have years of experience behind her. No, hers is an inquisitive. How's it going to happen? You know I'm a virgin. How's it going to happen? The angel responds to her totally different. Here's how it's going to happen, Mary. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and you're going to become pregnant and it's going to be the Son of God. And you can feel the nervous excitement coming to her. My God, you picked me. What are you going to say? She's young. Her whole life is in front of her. Lord, you picked me. And her response to the angel is something every person in the room should, should vow to copy. Lord, let it be to me as you have said. She says, okay, however you're going to work this out, I'm good with it. Contrast the two responses. The old man going, there ain't no way this is going to happen. I can't believe it. I don't understand it. We, but we, we don't even pray for that anymore. And the young girl going, let's do it. Let's do it, Lord. Let's do it, Lord. So to the older person in here, I'm begging you to keep trusting God for that thing you prayed for 20 years ago. And for the young person in here, I'm begging for you to go, God, let's do it. Come on. Come on, if you pick me, Lord, I'm on. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do it. I'm, I'm, I want to do it. Lord, let it be to me as you have said. Come on, God, let's do it. Because the Bible says... Matter of fact, Peter on the day of Pentecost, some of you know about that day. All the people are in the upper, the disciples are in the upper room, about 120 of them. And they're in the upper room, they're praying, the Holy Spirit falls, and, and it's crazy. Nobody had ever experienced anything like it before. Peter goes out because people are saying, man, these people are drunk. What's going on? They heard him speaking in other languages. And Peter comes out to explain it to the crowd, and he says, these, are, these men aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's early in the morning, man. 
We don't drink like that. And he quotes from Joel. And he says this, In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he says this, Your old men will, does anybody know? Dream dreams. And your young men will? See visions. Do you see the the synchronizing of the church right there? And it goes back to Zachariah's response and Mary's response. Fast forward to the church now. The Holy Spirit has come upon the church. And Peter says, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. When the Holy Spirit comes on it, old men are going to dream again. Come on. I have a problem dreaming because i got to use the bathroom too much in the middle of the night. That's another issue. He said, old men are going to dream again. And young men are going to see visions. Listen to me, church. The old people's dreams need to inform the visions of the young people, not wipe them away. We didn't get this far as older people to rationalize the vision away from the young. Come on. We didn't get this far trusting God to look back at the old people and go, you know, it's time to be responsible. Because what happens if we're not careful in the church is the young people can see visions. But if the old people like Zachariah gave up on the dream 10 years ago, then what we do with the vision is go, hey, that, you know, that doesn't look responsible, kid. You know, you got to pay your bills. You know, you got you to gotta do it safe. You know, you got to be careful in this world. They're out to get you. And then the young people trickle out of the church because there's nobody to interpret the vision. And they walk into the world who's waiting to give them a false interpretation. But Joel says, don't give up. If you got gray hair, don't give up dreaming. Receive the Holy Spirit. And dream again. Go back to the old prayer. Go back to the prayer you gave up on. And let God put a dream in you. Because there's a generation coming up behind you that's seeing visions and they don't know what to do with them. They don't know what to do with them. So Mary and Elizabeth, Mary the young one, Elizabeth the old one, bump into each other. They're both pregnant. And Elizabeth and Mary are able to have this generational thing. And Elizabeth's like, ha ha, look what God is doing. And that's the way the church works. That's why it's that good to have young and dumb people and old and gray people. Now, if you're young in here, listen to me. You don't know anything yet. Trust me. But here's why that's good. You don't have a reason yet to doubt him. Listen to me. The beautiful thing about Mary is she said, just tell me how it's going to happen. I'm good with it. It's the craziest thing anybody's ever heard. And in her young faith, she went, let it be. Let it be. Young person, listen to me. As your pastor, don't ever let anybody that looks like me with a little gray hair or more gray hair talk you out of something that God put in you. 
because it doesn't seem rational anymore. Because when God decided to bring Jesus, there wasn't any human rationality in the equation. And God still does things that are irrational to old people. This might be a really young crowd next week. (laughs) One of the challenging things for me as a dad and a pastor is my kids are old enough to make their own decisions. So now now you walk, some of you know what I'm talking about. Now you're doing this. It was easy when you said, no, go to your room. You doing that? That's dumb. Now you're like this. How much do I let them trust God? Oh, you want to move? You want to go trust God? You want to do this? You want to do that? You want to do this? You want to get a new job? You want to? As a parent, what you realize is you have to feed the vision. You have to feed it. You can't just go, I don't know, do what you want. You're 18. You have to feed it. The church has to be a place where we feed the vision that God is giving young people. Where we go, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. How can I help? And if we as older people, and I'm including me and everybody above me, if we as older people know what it's like to dream again, not have the response of Zachariah, but have the response of Mary. Lord, I'm 70. I'm 80. I'm 90 years. Let it be to me as you've said. You're still doing things. You're still giving dreams. There's not time to stop praying. It's not time to give up. It is time to keep pushing because I've got to be able to turn around behind me and say, hey, kid, trust him. When you get my age, you can still trust him. When you get a job and get responsible, You can still trust him. What a beautiful thing. The way God put us all together. He said, God put something crazy in you. Let me help you develop it. Let me help you navigate it. Mary's response, let it be to me as you have said. John records um, something fascinating 30 years later. 30 years later. Now, in, in that time, that would have been pretty old, 30 years later. Let's say Mary was 15, 14, 15 years old when the angel first came to her. Let's advance 30 years. Jesus is not yet started his public ministry. And... Um, there's a circumstance where him and Mary and some of his disciples um, are at a wedding in a place called Cana of Galilee. And 30 years later, so Mary's got all kinds of experience now. She done raised the son of God. You know, the mom groups get together and they're like, oh, my kid. They're like, you don't have the son of God. You just forget it. Whatever you're experiencing right now ain't nothing compared to what I got to deal with. He is right all the time. <laughs> Can't tell this kid anything. Like just skips out, stays at the temple to all hours. He doesn't care. I'm sure that wasn't it. She had an experience nobody on the planet had. She was the mother to the son of God. She had the experience. 
30 years later, after the angel comes, they're at a wedding at the at Cana of Galilee. And traditionally, these weddings lasted multiple days. And John records that they ran out of wine. I've been to a lot of weddings lately, and that would be devastating, even in a church wedding. <laughs> so what happens is they run out of wine. But here's the kicker. They would typically bring out the really, really good wine at the beginning when your taste buds still worked. So, all of you laughing know exactly what I'm talking about. When your taste buds still work, they bring out the good wine first. Then three days into it, after your taste buds had shut off, they'd just bring out the whatever. They run out of wine. Jesus is there. Mary's there. Some of the disciples are there. Mary. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. You know how moms can do that? It's a question without asking a question. She just makes a statement. Hey, Jesus, they don't have any wine left. And he said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? Now, I don't think he went, woman. I think he just said, what's that got to do with me? My hour has not come. And then one of the most spectacular moves a mother has ever made. She doesn't even acknowledge he said it. All it says is she then turned to to the servants and went, do whatever he says. She says, Jesus, they ran out of wine. He goes, what do I have to do with this? She went, do whatever he says. Oh, he's going to fix it. Do whatever he says. You realize in 30 years, her, her mentality towards God had not changed. In 30 years, listen to me, 30 years, her mentality towards God, from a teenager to at that point in time, a person older, had not changed. As a teenager, she said, whatever you say, Lord, let it be done to me. As, as an older lady now, she's looking at the servants and say, whatever he says, let it be done to you. She's saying the same thing 30 years later. So what I'm telling the church is this. When you start out, if you're 15 years old in here, start out saying, God, whatever it is you have for me, I'm good with it. And then 30 years later, Look up and say, Lord, whatever it is you have for me, I'm good with it. Let it be the same response all the way up. Let it be the same response from you praying as a teenager to when you're praying at 70. Let it be the same response, Lord, whatever you have for me, whatever you say is right in my life, let it be good for me. And then the church, I'm telling you, the church will look different. We can anticipate the goodness of God because we're doing, Lord, whatever it is, do it to me. Whatever it is, do it to me. And the crazy part about that wine story is he told him to do something irrational. He didn't say go down to the liquor store and get a case of wine. He said fill the things up with water. Bring them over here and then start serving out of it. Whoa, 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 whoa. This ain't even wine yet. Do what he says.
Come on, church, stand to your feet. There's some people in here with enough experience to be questioning the way God wants you to do something. And I'm telling you right now, if you're 55, 60 years old in here, and you're wondering why he asked you to do it that way, stop wondering and just start saying, God, if this is the way you want me to do it, I'll fill the barrels up with water. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. If you're 15 in here and you're wondering why he wants you to obey your parents, just do it. He's got a plan for your life. He picked you. He singled you out and he's given a vision over your life. He's given a dream over your life and he wants you to fulfill it. And so he's empowering you. All you have to say is, Lord, let it be to me as you have said. And he will be faithful to you. Amen. Come on, let's pray all across the room. Come on, some of you older people have given up on a prayer. I want you to dig it up right now. Dig it up right now and say, Lord, that thing I gave up on 10 years ago, I know you've answered it. Speak a word of confidence right now. Say, I know you've answered it. If you're young in here, say, God, give me a vision of what my future looks like. Give me a vision. Put it in me what you want me to accomplish. Call me today. Set me apart today. Lord, we're asking you to do this. We're asking you to do this today. Give us faith to trust you and do what you say. And let that be the the theme of our lives, Lord, just like Mary. We thank you for this moment, Lord. Change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, can you give him praise this morning? Can you thank him? Can you thank him for answering prayer? Amen. Hey, listen, encourage somebody on the way out. We'll see you back here next week, same time. God bless you.